Get this, a dating site for anti-vaxxers called Unjected. Unjected has been removed from the Apple App Store. To sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem, period, end of story. Frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. It's the unvaccinated who are the threat. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. The Unjected Show, with your hosts, Shelby Thompson, Scott Armstrong, and Zach Brown. Call 1-833-3-UNJECT. That's 1-833-386-5328. Lines are open now. The Unjected Show is intended for an adult audience and may contain explicit material. User discretion is advised. Aloha. Aloha. Wow, the squad is back. We're Happy back New Year. In business. The triumphant return. Happy New Year, buddy. How's it going, guys? Doing really good. Zach, how, how you, you doing, man? Uh, so far, so good. 2024's off and rolling. Okay, it's <laughs> off and rolling. <laughs> is it going is it rolling good so far? Yeah, so far. I mean, I haven't I haven't had anything to complain about. I mean, I'm sure by March I will take this statement back. Because there's probably going to be some shit going on by then. But, yeah. you know, five days in, we have yet to have anything too crazy happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Not, not too crazy. Yeah. Oh, what's, what's, I, you know, I heard rumblings about that. I don't know exactly what happened, but I don't know either. But apparently, they saw seven to 10 foot creatures oh, at the Miami Mall and they sent like 1,000 police cars, but then it was, a well, they were saying allegedly it was kids with sticks, but oh. then people were like, no, it was aliens. Oh, God, um, alien. And it alien. looks like a scene out of a movie. What a oh, fucking, the worst po- population of people to send somewhere <laughs> that has aliens, because the police can't, what are they going to do? <laughs> Florida man sees alien. That's hilarious, that's hilarious. Well, I'm excited to be back with you guys, and we have a really rad guest today. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We've been, I've been jamming out to for like a really long time, so this is this is super fun, you guys. Yeah, all right. Let's everybody welcome to the stage, Mr. Pete Parada. Pete, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hello, welcome. Good. So, man, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah. You, you know, we've been going back and forth for a little bit, and I'm just so grateful that this worked out. Um, yeah, like Shelby said, you know, your, your music, like, um, influence like my whole upbringing childhood, you know what I mean? Like I remember so much of that and, uh, and it's just kind of really sad how things turned out, but you know, you've got a new musical project going, you guys are kicking ass. I just love that so much how we, we kind of shed the old skin. Like all of us went through that, through the mm-hmm. whole COVID thing and we really found our place. And so I'm really excited to get into talking about that. So, um, but I guess to just kick it off, man, just, uh, can you give us a little off the top, like, like, like your background, um, and kind of how you got into this whole medical freedom business. Yeah. Um, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm a musician, a drummer. I played with bands Face to Face, Saves a Day, done tours of My Chemical Romance and Devo. Um, probably best known for a 14-year stint in The Offspring that kind of came to a screeching halt in 2021 over vaccine mandates. And, you know, since then, it's been a lot of sort of like everybody else in this position, a lot of rebuilding, a lot of like, okay, where do you go from here? 
when you're kind of shoved outside of the the norm of the industry or polite society or however anybody wants to put it. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of. Um, thankfully, I have my own studio here. It's where I'm sitting, where I track drums for people, make sound packs um, and loops and things. And I uh, also have a new band called The Defiant, which is uh, myself and Dickie Barrett, uh, former singer of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, uh, Greg Camp, who was the songwriter for Smash Mouth, uh, Johnny Rio from the Street Dogs, and Joey Briggs from the, or Joey LaRocca from the Briggs. And so we, we have our debut record came out right around Halloween. And uh, we just put our fourth single out uh, on New Year's Day. And, um, you know, we're up and running, playing shows and getting out and about. And but it was it was nice to kind of get with some like minded people and form a new a new group and kind of just get together and see what happened. And, you know, thankfully, a really good record came out of it. And we're looking forward to getting on the road more this year and getting out and playing for people. Very cool. Well, selfishly, do you have any shows in Nashville coming up? I've been trying. I've been trying to get, um, you know, I was trying to get a show around when the record dropped and then I kept leaving town going and playing with somebody else. And so it was just tough to get every everybody's schedules lined up. But I, I'm sure we're going to play in Nashville this year. So cool. Very cool. I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, definitely. So um, so can you tell us a little bit more about what that was like, you know, just specifically around that, uh, like, the news coming down, like obviously 2021 was a crazy time. You know, I lost a job in August of 2021 for not taking the shots. You know what I mean? Like, so this yeah, is like, in, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like very much yeah. in the air, you know, it was affected a lot of people. So what was the chatter like behind the scenes? Like, did you know this was coming? Was it a surprise for you? And uh, I'm kind of also curious, like what it was like, like the dynamics of the band, like how did that happen? Because, you know, I'm sure we all face that situation where it's like these are these are my these are my family you know what i mean like what, what everyone's your family until you say no exactly. you know and then so you find out that yeah where you're at but for me i mean i kind of knew that at least a conversation was coming because the whole industry was turned on its head and you know after you spend a year terrifying everyone don't gather in groups and don't leave your house and then all of a sudden you want people to buy tickets and come and clap for you again you got to kind of unring that bell and I think the powers that be in the music industry decided that the, you know, the idea of a fully vaccinated tour was the way to go so that bands could go out without looking like unsensitive, insensitive jerks for asking people to gather in groups again. And also kind of virtue signal that, you know, music's back. We're all back and look how wonderful we are. We're all doing this to keep you all safe. And, you know, it was a, it was a lot of nonsense that, you know, it didn't make any sense, especially since we knew it wasn't stopping transmission. It wasn't even tested for that. But for some reason, they thought this was the magic bullet. So it, and it didn't, I guess it didn't need to make sense. It, they just needed something to go on to tell people to come back out in groups again. And so, you know, I knew in that summer that, you know, we had just put a new record out and, um, by the fall, we had some shows lined up. And so it was like, all right, how's this going to go? Um, I, so I expected a conversation. I didn't expect that the firing squad that I was met with from their management that was just, you know, uh, completely off the charts, unreasonable. Um, you don't treat people like that. And, you know, I kind of took it to the band guys thinking that we could have a conversation about it and they backed their management up and just, wow. you know, basically I was in the position of, you know, do this or we'll get somebody who will. And so for me, you know, and it wasn't, it was like, do this in 
you know, find a way, you know, fake card or whatever. I'll, I'll, but I didn't want to do any of those things because, you know, once if I take a fake card, I'm lying. Now my family's got to lie for me. And now, you know, assuming everything's headed digitally anyway, it, it seemed like a pretty short term solution. And if I do that and now I'm hiding, now I don't have a voice here. And to me, it was more important for me to say something and to speak up than to just go along to, to keep a job that was just a job. You know, I, I had a lot of people online yelling at me as as the online does. But, mm -hmm. you know, to, for some people that were like, you had my dream gig and you threw it away and this and that. And I'm like, that's your dream gig. For me, it was a job like not not my dream band to play with just you know, so, but I was good at my job and I did it well. And, you know, up until this happened, we all got along just fine. Like I never missed a day of work in all those years. I never, you know, missed, you know, I missed lots of family things and my kids' lives and stuff, but I never, you know, I showed up for work sick um, no matter what. And so for me, it was mostly kind of depressing that it had come to that, that I'm going to lose my job and my career over something that, clearly was nonsense and wasn't you know this shot wasn't helping anyone it was just everyone's dumbo feather to go back to work and i was just like i'm not going to go along with this i can't and for me speaking out um you know i've got two daughters and when your kids are teenagers they stop listening to what you tell them and and they but they watch your actions so the only way to get through to them is with your actions so i had to show them that you know, there wasn't any opportunity or a job or, or anything that was worth your own bodily sovereignty or giving up and something that doing something, you know, is wrong for you, for anybody else. There's no there's no reason for that. And, you know, so if I had to walk away from this band or, you know, what I thought at the time was my entire career, you know, it was worth it if I could get through to them how important this was, not just this in this moment but for them for the rest of their lives to be like, no, you got to stand up. And, you know, if they can always look back and remember like, oh yeah, dad set himself on fire, but um, he did it for the right reasons. Okay. I'm, I'm going to remember that. And, you know, then it'll have been worth it. Were you surprised at the intolerance of the music industry about this, this shot? I mean, I would have, cause if you would have asked me and I'm, 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 this is me coming at it from a perspective of not having a ton of uh, uh, knowledge uh, with especially bands um, and, and rock and roll. It's not really my genre. Um, you know, I, I was, I listened to rap. The, mm -hmm. the whitest kid in America was listening to rap. <laughs> I was the um, same, like in high school. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. And, um, so it, it, but to me, in my mind, when I would, would, when I would picture, you know, these different bands that I heard of, I didn't have, you know, I wasn't listening to the music and didn't really know them, but in my mind, I thought they were like, rebellious and anti-establishment and, and and you know they to me kind of exemplified this fuck authority my mindset and then you know it, it came out throughout all this that this they're actually a lot more fall in line uh yeah. behavior and i think that was that was another really sad realization is that so many artists were never tested on their words they were they were never put in a position to back up what they sang about. Like it's been a couple decades of fun and games of screaming against the man and high five and everybody on your way by. But when it really came down to it, nobody stood up there. And it was it was really I think I didn't have high expectations, but I expected a little bit more from certain people. 
And it was kind of sad to see everyone just get in line. And, and I understand that everybody was needed to get back to work. Like I needed to get back to work, like, you know, but there, there wasn't any conversation to be had. Everything was black and white. It's like, no, you have to do this. Everyone has to do this. There's no other way. And, you know, when I spoke out, I kind of became like this lighthouse for everybody else who felt the same way, but didn't know how to talk about it. So, you know, tons of people from the whole industry reached out to me talking about, you know, how they felt. Oh, man, thanks for saying something. I, I'm, you know, I feel the same way. I thought I was the only one or sure wish I could say something, but I don't want it to cost me anything. And, you know, I'm always like, well, it's, it's going to cost you now or it's going to cost mm -hmm. you later. Like how much more are you going to give up to try to get back to where you were or try to protect something, you know, for me, and even now people are like, why are you still talking about this? So let's go, well, I still have kids and I'm talking about this because if we don't keep reminding people of what happened and their behavior in it, that's just going to happen again. And I don't want it to happen again. I don't want to go through this again. It was excruciating. I don't want other people to have to go through that loss of your livelihood. And on top of that, your relationships and your friends and your family. And I mean, I lost people through all of this that I was tight with for decades. And it was just kind of, you know, not just in the band that I was working with, but people in my own life that you can see them unfollowing and running away. And you're just kind of like, you're, uh, we've known each other for 20 years. We've always gotten along and you're just going to bail on me and my family at, at our darkest time like that. It was crazy, but everybody's mm -hmm. like, I'm scared. I can't have it touch me. I can't, I can't get any stink on me. You know, I got to protect it's, it's, I think the whole industry went into this weird legacy protection mode and they're still in it like people are afraid to sing about real issues people are afraid to say anything and you know i know a giant portion of the industry feels the same way as i do because they've told me that and i would never out anybody it's not my place to do that but if more people who reached out to me had you know been more public and just said something most of these people have a way bigger platform than i do i'm just a drummer from that band you know it this could have been a lot different if more people were willing to stand up and say something and so sometimes that gets a little i i try not to spend a lot of time there because i i have compassion for everybody through the last couple of years being all of us put in an impossible situation and i don't i don't feel negative towards the way that anybody navigated it however you got to take care of yourself however you got to take care of your family do that absolutely but um, you know, the next time this comes around, I'm, I'm really hoping that more people are pushing back and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm done. At least I'm not doing this again. Or, and I, and I think that's generally where we're at as a population. I mean, I think they have less than 15% uptake on this new vaccine yeah. and nobody wants it. So it's like, okay, does that make 85% of the country anti-vaxxers now? Because, you know, <laughs> I was told if you didn't get it, that's what you were and you're the worst person ever. And I think the, the worst part of it was to say, you know, when people said, well, we all have to get it to protect the people who can't get it. And it's just like when you're going, okay, that's me, you know, and they're like, not you, you, you need to get it too. You don't count. <laughs> you don't fit the profile. You don't, yeah. the profile. Uh, don't steal our, don't steal our benevolent nature from the nameless, faceless people that we're talking about. I mean, we're not talking about real people. We're just talking about, you know, stop. You're making us not look like saviors. And so that, that was a, that was a tough, a tough one. Okay.
Well, I'm glad that you said that though, about just more people speaking up because, you know, silence is when you are silent, you side with the oppressor every time. Sure. And, you know, a lot of people don't let, you know, like, like you mentioned, it's hard for them because they have livelihoods and they don't, you know, it's, it's not fair that they even brought us to that position. But also when we all band together and we say, no, no, thank you. Then, you know, we show everybody the water's warm, you know, you don't have to be afraid to, to stand up for yourself. So, yeah. And I, so I'm, I'm hopeful that enough people have seen through it now and been like, all right, I, I did my two or I got my booster, but I'm done. You know, the AARP just told all their members to go get their eighth shot this mm. week. And it's just like, come on. <laughs> okay. okay I, speaking of this numbers. Okay. So I, a friend of ours on Instagram, we, she was posting about seeing a client last night that had yes eight boosters and i was going through the comments and the the what do you think the highest number of shots somebody could get right now would be on a, just a guess I mean, eight seems shocking yeah i know i, mean, eight I bet i bet somebody's had 12 i bet somebody's it, got it 14 14 yeah. how do you like they just don't even care if you walk in and say i want another one they're like yeah here well, there was that there was that story about the guy that was going around from clinic to clinic getting COVID vaccines and then filling out, uh, you know, so that he could then he was going under like fake IDs and then like giving the person the card. He was just going in and just getting like hundreds of shots. What? You hear about that one? He got he got arrested. How many yeah. shots did he get? eyes on him. How did yeah. he, how did he get arrested for it? That's fucking. Let me let me just see. Let me I'll look it up here. But but I remember hearing this story. <laughs> what law did that you? Is, that's Friday. Was he fraud, was he like maybe? suicidal? Oh, fraud. Yeah, I guess it would be fraud. fraud. I don't know. I'm I'm extremely I, vaccinated. I'm committing fraud. I saw. Yeah. I, I tell you what. I I, I do have a bit of an admiration for that gentleman, just because <laughs> he does have a he does have a rebellious streak. He will break it off. No way. Man in Germany gets ninety COVID jobs. So I have, so here's, here's here's what I here's what I'll say. <laughs> no. If 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 how many were saline? It was not immediately clear what kind of impact the approximately 90 shots of COVID-19 vaccines, which are from different brands, had on the man's health. <laughs> He's going to turn into the fucking Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah this is the start of a sci-fi film. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This is the new Marvel character right here. We need yeah. to check in on this man. We should email him. Yeah, we did get him on the show. Be like, Bro. <laughs> Honest to God, I do have, for some reason, I find myself admiring that gentleman more than a person who just said like two or four. If you <laughs> if you get them and you get ninety of it, then I'll go, hey, you're not you're not virtue signaling. You really thought that this was going to help, so or at the very least, not hurt. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't hurt. That's like commitment. A, like addicted <laughs> to like needle. I don't I don't know. Like is that a needle junkie at that point? <laughs> yeah, definite needle junkie. That's wild. <laughs> That's <laughs> Nine, I'm sorry, I can't even fathom that. Ninety. No. They had to have been mostly saline because there's they no. They had to have been. There's no way. Yeah. Well, there had to be a point too where they like roll up the sleeves and there was like track marks <laughs> on his arm. <laughs> yeah. like, what is this? And he's like, "It's I had blood work done. Just it's fine." Like, <laughs> you put the arm between my toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yes. Come on, I got a fresh one down here. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's wild. So anyway, yeah, that's man. Too much. Yeah, that's too much. Well, you know, one of the things that we're all about here and the whole purpose of Injected is uh, about building parallel systems to outdo the old dying system, right? You know, so like 
we, like community is the key to this whole thing, like bringing people together, like-minded yeah. people. Um, and so apparently, you know, obviously you, you've kind of really embraced that with your, your new musical pursuits, you know, you, you're stepping out of the old and into a new venture. So let's hear more about that. So how did the defiant form? How did you guys come together? Are you guys all kind of on the same page about this particular issue or how, how did this happen? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of got started because, you know, my story was out there and then um, Dickie, you know, he had worked with RFK Jr. Oh, on cool. a song that really upset the rest of his band and caused a lot of turmoil there. And he was the announcer on Jimmy Kimmel from the beginning for like 20 years. Um, so he that was his gig for yeah 20 years. And ABC came down with their mandate that every employee had to to get the shot and he didn't want to get the shot. And so he sort of went through the same thing that I did, you know, with a much larger conglomerate leaning on him. Um, so I think a couple months after his story broke, you know, he got my phone number from a mutual friend and, and texted me out of nowhere. was like, hey, you know, I want to talk about maybe doing something together. And so we got chatting and he's like, hey, do you know Greg Camp? And I said, well, I know who he is, but I've never met him. And he's like, well, he lives in Nashville, too. And um, he's like, I think the three of us should write some music together let's just see what happens and i was like yeah cool i'm yeah, at this point i'm basically just saying yes to things because you got to find a new way forward right and so um started working with the two of them and and pretty quick you know dickie calls back says i think i'm gonna put johnny rio on bass and i knew johnny from street dogs they had toured with offspring back in the day and and uh, and he's phenomenal and um and then dickie was writing songs with joey LaRocca out in LA and it just kind of made sense. It's like, Oh wow, these songs are great. Why don't we just bring him in as the fifth person? It kind of feels like everything's rounded out. So that was, yeah, that was spring of 22. And we kind of spent through the summer of that year, just kind of sending demos back and forth because everybody besides me and Greg, everybody lives all over the place. So it was a lot of um, sending files and, you know, everybody adding their parts and sending it back and but by the end of the summer, we had a, a good collection of songs and it was like, all right, you know, it feels like we have something here. Let's um, let's just make a record. We can do it on our own and, and see what comes of it. So, you know, we did the drums and the vocals here at my studio and everybody else added their parts at their their own place. And it really, really came out pretty exciting. Um, we had Tim Armstrong from Rancid, his guy mixed it for us in L.A. And um this our friends at side one dummy records a, a punk rock label out of la we're like yeah we want to put it out so we went through them to have it released and um it's just it was really to me it was just kind of a a labor of love to see if we could finish it you know mm -hmm. sometimes when you're making a record and you have no support from anyone anywhere it's it's just kind of like well is this going to even get finished is this going to turn into anything and but the songs were so good and everything came out and everyone gets along together. So it was like, well, let's let's make a go of this. So, like I said, the record came out uh, right before Halloween and um, we did a uh, got a boost there beginning of December. Um, Tim Poole had us on his show because he's been a real big supporter of mine since my story broke. And we've been making music together for two years now. And uh, he wanted to start adding music on his show on Friday nights. He's like, I want you guys to be the first ones. Um, he's like, you've been here. You've seen how small the space is. 
you know, we can probably only fit a couple of you. And I was like, no, it's got to be all five of us. We'll, we'll make it work. So we all crammed in there and just kind of nice. played acoustically. But that was really like his audience is is super open minded. And like his big push is that you have to support the culture that you want to see in the world. And, you know, when when he and I are putting out songs together, you know, he'll push it out to his audience and we end up on the iTunes charts. Right. And the, mm -hmm. the first song we put out you it went to number two it got stuck behind the britney spears elton john duet it's like all right that's that's tough yeah. to top right yeah. but you know the video comes out gets a million views in its first day song goes up to number two on the itunes charts we send our publicist out with the story of this you know these musical upstarts the next week and the whole music industry press was like fuck those guys mm -hmm. this is they don't belong here they're doing it wrong like you know they're not going through the right channels and it was just like oh okay so if you go around the gatekeepers the gatekeepers yep. get mad about it yeah but you know so we just were like okay cool let's put out another song that one went to number one nice you know and so it's just like you have an audience that you know is hungry for people that took a stand or that are doing something outside the norm or don't want to be a part of the system. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's been neat with the, with the defiant to, you know, to go on Tim's show and tell our story and have people react to it in such a way that, you know, the record ends up in the top 20 for a week after that, you know, because his audience is, uh, there's so many people out there that want something real and want something new and want people that have something to say. I, I think there's so much music that's just no one has anything to say anymore or they're afraid to say it because if you step one toe out of line now, like your whole legacy is gone. Like I understand why everybody in the music industry is running scared. Whether they will tell you that or not, they all are because everyone's afraid of getting canceled, whether you're a comedian or a musician or an actor. Like you say one wrong thing and your whole career is scuttled. Because the cancel, you know, police come wake up every day just waiting to see who we're mad at. And, you know, what I try to tell people is, yeah, that the cancel mob comes for you, but it burns really fast and it goes over you and, you know, and it moves on to somebody else really quickly. And you don't have to, you know, number one, be terrified of it. And number two, you don't have to back down from what you said. Like, you know, I, I don't have any regrets of anything that I said when I put out my statement which, you know, in the beginning was, like I said, to speak up for my kids, but also I, I was out of work and I don't know how to let people know that I need a, need a gig. And also that people, they had a tour coming up that I knew I wouldn't be at and people are hitting me up for tickets. And I was just like, you know, I don't have this conversation a million times, so mm -hmm. we'll just do it once and be done. I wasn't trying to be a lightning rod or, or, you know, make a big splash out or an example out of myself that it got picked up and and ran with but that wasn't the purpose of it um and so anyway i i do believe that we we need to support the culture that that we want to see in the world and and tim's approach too was like you know you can send money to a politician or you can buy a record of a band that you appreciate and you can shape politics by pushing culture, it doesn't work the other way around. Politicians are fickle and they will follow a trend and they'll follow the crowd. And if you show them that something is different than what they think, they're gonna follow it there because they all believe in nothing. They're just looking for for votes and pats on the back and, and power. So it, it's a real interesting time right now, I think for artists 
to put themselves out there because there's a bunch of there's a huge audience of people who are fed up with being spoon fed crap and they want it they want something with more gravity to it and so you know we're trying to be a small part of that with the defiant and like i said hopefully we get some more shows booked and get out on the road more this year but um so far we've got a really good response to the record and so that that makes me feel good that you know most of it was made here at my house and so cool so that that's kind of fun yeah yeah, I, I love it, man. Now, your stuff's really great. I've got uh, I've got one of the your most recent song pulled up here. If you want to play that, are, is that cool to? Yeah, do whatever you like. Okay, let's do yeah. it. Let's let's play it for the people. All right, you guys. So this is the uh, this is their new single that just came out on New Year's Day. Was it New Year's Eve? Yeah, New Day? Year's Day. Yeah, one or the other. Cool. One or the other. Can't stop crying. Here we go, folks. <laughs> We wrote a Scott song just for you. Try it 
Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> I love that was that song, dude. so good. The music <laughs> yeah. video too. That was rad. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, that we had a, a friend, or a new friend, now reach out to us just through our website and was like, "Hey, I'm a filmmaker. You know, I'd like to come meet with you guys and you know make a video." And we're like, "Oh, we got a rehearsal. You want to come shoot some footage?" So he just went and and was like, "Yep, cool. I'm gonna put a video together for. I, I like this song." We're like, "Okay." Amazing. That's so, cool. so good. Yeah. Thanks. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. It's, uh, you know, it'd be nice to get back to the old times. We could just talk about stopping the wars and all that. But no, we got these super <laughs> pharmaceutical people. Mm -hmm. our next. <laughs> so, the biggest war of all. Yeah. yeah I mean, geez. <laughs> the can you war on drugs for real kind. <laughs> Pete, can you can you shoot a music video from Epstein's Island? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk, you know, listen. Let's get creative about these venues, okay? I'm sick of I'm sick of, I'm sick of music videos where it's just all like lights and weird shit in the background. Let's start, you know, maybe we. What was that bunker they killed Bin Laden in? Let's go there. Let's do yeah. the owl ceremony. Yeah, the owl ceremony. That'd be a good one. There you go. Bohemian Grove jam session. Yeah, you <laughs> but. Man, yeah, congratulations though. I mean, it looks like you guys are just having a blast too. I mean, that's what it's yeah. about, dude. So Yeah, it's been nice. Like I said, you know, my goal was just to finish the record and put it out and, you know, to have it pop up in the top 20 was was a really nice surprise, like kind of cherry on top of a a lot of work that on everybody's part. So, yeah. And there is such a huge hunger for that out there, like real, honest, true, you know, revolutionary music. I mean, that's what rock and roll punk music. I mean, what the hell happened to the punk scene, dude? Like, I know. You know yeah, what I'm you saying? Contrast, like, you contrast that with what like Green Day just did, yeah. where they changed the lyrics of their song to to say that they're, it, I think the uh, original lyric is, I'm not a part of the redneck agenda. And I they changed it to, I'm not a part of the mega agenda. Are you yeah. No. Yeah, they, 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 they performed live some somewhere and they changed it. I mean, well, I mean, so here's the thing: is like unpunk thing I've ever heard. Yeah, exactly. Like rock and roll punk music at its core, its foundation is like anti-establishment. Like you know what I mean? Like you know, pushing back against the band. But when you see it nowadays being used like weaponized, almost in like a cringe way, it's like it's cringe. Like everybody has a right to their opinion. You know, I'm not gonna bash it, but it's like, dude, it's cringy. Like, come on. Like the, what you guys are doing and this new emerging parallel system yeah. of rock and roll. This is the new punk rock. This is the new revolutionary music. And this is that's why it's so attractive. Like the mainstream guys that are just capitulating and just, you know, toeing the line for the narrative. That is just gross, man. And that's he's also he's, he's still frosting his tips. That, oh, my God. I mean, it's uh, just get out of here. With that. I mean, like, like, that is not revolutionary when you're touting like the mainstream narrative. Like it's it's, yeah. it's all about going against and being being the uh, the, the dissidents. Well, not just yeah, not just touting the mainstream narrative, but still singing your old songs against authority and stuff while you're actively cheering yeah. it on. It's just it's mm -hmm. perplexing to me. I'm like, how many of these bands are going to start cutting songs out of their set because it's just too uncomfortable? The irony is too uncomfortable to to sit through trying to sing that with a straight face anymore. It know? is funny to see those guys in particular because I'm pretty sure they have multiple songs where they they say like faggot, and it's just funny that they're now 
shaping it and saying, yeah, we said faggot, but we're not MAGA. It's like, <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's great. So, so shame on all them and, and good for you. And, and so that's the thing about it is like, so there is an audience for it. There is a desire for it. And, you know, by you, you know, setting the bar and kind of just paving the way, I mean, this is in so many different areas. We're seeing this, whether it's like, you know, film, music, uh, just pot like media in general, like the alternative media, like some of the alternative media platforms are becoming or have for a very long time been larger than any of these mainstream platforms. Like the mainstream is done, it's dead, it's dying, whether it's Hollywood or just, you know, the mainstream music industry, like people are done with it. You know, I mean, they're starting to, I think a lot of people are just kind of in the fog still and just don't really know. But I think that things like what have happened with the whole lockdowns and the COVID situation and the mandates, have awoken so many people and not only that it's activated so many people to take like activist roles um would you consider yourself an activist i don't i probably wouldn't yeah. look at myself that way because like i said i that's not what the purpose was of me yeah. speaking out in the first place um but i'm happy to keep supporting yeah. you know my my thing is free speech my thing is bodily autonomy you know it's it's not just about this issue of the covid vaccine it's it's you know it's everyone's rights getting eroded a little at a time under the guise of safety and that's what i try to teach my kids it's so much easier to fight to keep the rights that you have than it is to get them back once you've given them away and i think most people we're we become creatures of convenience and i see it every day it's like little things oh well it's just this like oh, it's just a mask oh let's just go get your shot and oh and you can all you can have all these things back you know we'll give all your things back it's like well i never gave them up in the first place i don't need your permission and i i think for me when all of this happened you know and obviously i was pretty depressed for a while because it's just like cool my whole world just imploded and i'm not sure what to do about it or how to move forward but i i think what I had to realize is I don't, I didn't need anyone's permission to keep creating. I didn't need anyone's permission to write music and make music and, and do whatever I wanted. And it was kind of a real eye opener to me of, of like, oh, wow, I've been kind of serving somebody else's interest for so long. I don't feel like I was a part of anything. Now I get to create whatever I want. Okay, now, now it's a fresh start. Now let's go. But it, I had to get to that light bulb moment of, Oh, I don't need to wait for someone to to need me for something. I just I just create. I'm just going to go. And you know, I, I would say that to anybody who's kind of a, a bit lost after all of this and a little dejected, and you don't feel like creating is like just do it. Do it every day. Make make something new, even if it's just for yourself, because um, that's the only way we move this forward is having more only artists. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> or only thing. I didn't feel that was viable for, for me. I, I don't know who's going to pay for that. You'd be but, shocked. Um, You'd be shocked. I might be too, it might be too shocking. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I forget where I was going, but. Just create, just create, create in your own. Creating like, what, content. What, yeah. Even if yeah. It's yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and you know, yeah. it's, your story is so emblematic of so many people's lives through this. Like a lot of people we've had on the show, so many of my friends, mm -hmm. people I know that like, you know, you're faced with this difficult decision that for us, it's not a decision at all. It's like, I'm just standing my ground and this is it. Mm -hmm. And it is scary. And, and as you're walking through that fire, you know, there's consequences and it's frightening, but then it always delivers us to a place where our, our lives are so much better and freeing and we can do what we want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my, my whole journey getting involved with Unjected, you know, podcasting in general was all born out of my resistance to the whole COVID 
tyranny. You know what I mean? And, and the, well, the, the podcasting led me down the road to eventually get connected with Shelby and unject the team and everything like that. It's like, and I, if it weren't for the lockdowns, I'd still be working in a, you know, it's like a freaking uh, social worker out in Oregon. Like that, that would have been my job. Still. And it's like, look at me now, dude, I'm just living the dream. And so that was all born out of holding my ground and walking through this. You know what I mean? So you're, it sounds like your story is just exactly the same. man. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's really hard in the moment when you're doing it because yeah. you feel completely alone. And, and, and I certainly did. And then the response that I got from people around the world of everyone, I realized everybody feels they're like they're alone on this issue because we've all been, locked in our house and force fed there's only one way forward here and you're the worst person who's ever lived if you're if you don't agree there was so many people who were scared i can't tell you how many messages i got immediately from people like i thought i was the only person that felt like this like i felt totally alone in this and so i'm like all right well if i can shine a light on something in a way that at least people from around the world can go i'm not alone in this okay cool i'm not i'm not the only one because i think that's that's divide and conquer, you know, make everybody feel isolated. And then eventually the pressure is going to be too much and you're going to comply. Yeah. And I think the more that people speak out and say, no, this isn't right. You know, I mean, everyone, I don't care if someone got the shot or didn't get the shot. I just thought people should have their own rights to decide what was best for them and for their families. And no one was given that opportunity. Everyone was just, it was a flamethrower. If you had anything to say, if you had any questions about any of it, you were you were awful. You were painted as the worst person ever. You were lumped into the pile of bad people and left to rot. And, you know, it I, it was just such a sad thing to see around the world that everyone, you know, I've never seen a narrative embraced by every government around the world at the same time. You know, the, the day that someone came up with the pandemic of the unvaccinated, that shit spread mm -hmm. like wildfire within hours, every leader around the world was repeating the same thing. And you're like, you guys aren't even trying anymore. <laughs> like for anyone who's paying attention, this is pretty obvious what's going on. And to me at that point, I was like, Oh, you just overstepped. Okay. Oh, yeah. that, you don't realize that what, you know, you push too far because now even people who are on board with it are going, well, hold on. No, that doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. you know, but, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I guess the, the uptake wasn't on the vaccine was slowing down, so they had to make it make everyone bad again. But, yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, there, wasn't there a world leader who, like, tested a banana for COVID and it tested yeah. positive? Yeah, yeah. And, then and, then, and, then, and then they killed him. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't a banana. It was a papaya, I think. And a, oh, and yeah. a goat. He, like, tested, like, yeah, a goat, yeah. papaya. I think it was, like, Tanzania. Wasn't it, the, like, Nigerian president? I think it was Sorry. Tanzania. Hold on, but let, let me check. But yeah, but but those around that time, there was like three African presidents all died. And like nobody they took them out. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Yeah. Just, well, the guy that created the PCR test from the, I mean, who yep. is also dead, yep. said Mullis, from the beginning, yeah. this isn't this this isn't what it's meant for. This is it should never be yep. used for this. It's it's that's not he what he hated it was made Fauci. For. Yeah, he's on record. Like he is. There's a bunch of videos of him saying like, Fauci's yeah. a fuck. Yep. Yeah. Can you imagine how many we have? <laughs> Tanzanian president. Quite, oh, here. I, hold on. Tan, Tanzan, yeah, Tanzania? Tanzania. Yeah, Tanzania. Um, let me see. I got to share my other screen. Bam. All right. Tanzanian president. He. Uh, coronavirus kits after animal tests. A pawpaw. I think it was. Whatever that is. Yeah. A goat, sheep, and a pawpaw test positive for COVID. So there you go. 
President John Malfugi. Let me see. It would be funny if it just coincidentally those two things did happen to have COVID. And he's like, fuck, I got the ones. March 2021. Yeah, they killed him right after that. He died in March of 2021. What was the official <laughs> cause of death? What'd they say? Hell is death. Let's see. They literally, like, within weeks of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're like, nope, you're out. Um, death. Okay. A little too convenient. Um, we're going to say my vice president who was sworn uh they don't a heart say. condition oh a heart condition yeah, yeah the old heart attack cia heart, heart attack gun trip you think you got the vaccine maybe maybe i don't know they just they injected with 90 vaccines until he died <laughs> <laughs> <God>. it's horrible. <laughs> horrible 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 oh my gosh that's like yeah. the it's like the the chinese uh torture tactic of death by a thousand cuts where they yeah. cut you in places where you don't bleed out so you so you can still feel like 950 more cuts it's wild <laughs> yeah that is That's wild terrible. Cuts. yeah but yeah it's it's just so crazy man the whole world lost its collective mind and and i don't know if it's regaining you know what yeah, I, mean? I, don't it, I don't think we got it back yet we got it back everyone that you know once the tables turned then everybody who was shouting the loudest just kind of got quiet and backed away a little bit like oh don't yep. don't look at all that shit that i was slinging at people and you know, exactly. we all said things we regret. Let's all move on. And and exactly. I, that, that's the one thing I won't accept. It's like, yeah, you yeah. don't have to come back and apologize, but you don't get to act like nothing ever happened or that it's OK how you treated people and that we turned an entire segment of the population into the great unwashed assholes of mm -hmm. the earth. You know, yep. it's. Mm -hmm. It, you know, and then to, to act like that and then go, anyway, we should all just move on and not talk about it anymore. Uh -huh. <laughs> it is funny to just Amnesty. be like, gaslighting like six months after it, and you're, they just all went, guys, what are we even talking about? What are we, yeah. why are we even fighting? What are we yeah. doing? I, yeah, there's still people trapped on that island. There's still people like uh, spouting out like talking points from like 2020. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, like, oh, like yeah. I don't know if they you saw that. Our Twitter all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you see that uh, Bill Maher and what's the guy's name? Seth MacFarlane thing. Uh -huh. You see that? Mm -hmm. Where they got in this. So Seth, Seth MacFarlane from like Family Guy. He was on Bill Maher and like Bill Maher was like, yeah, but the COVID shots like didn't work. Like they're, they're, they're whole, like he was like challenging him and Seth MacFarlane was sitting there all uppity. And like, I can't even remember what they were, but they're like all talking points from like 2020. Oh. It was like, it was like, dude, this guy is just like, they're so lost. They're so lost. It was crazy. He was in favor of them? Yes, 100%. He was very really? pro-vaccine. Yes, 100%. Yeah, so family guy, no go. But uh, but they, but they, he was just like, like, he was so just out of the loop and misinformed. It was shocking. So wow. anyway, anyway. But uh, so I got something for you guys here. So this is, um, speaking of parallel systems, so Pete, part of what injected uh, kind of the, the mission, part of the mission statement is uh, being part of the repopulation agenda, right? right? So, so, you know, there's a big <laughs> depopulation going on in all kinds of aspects of the world, but uh, Unjected is bringing people together. Uh, it's the world's first unvaccinated dating site, and we are trying to repopulate the earth. And so we have a really fun video sent in from some folks, Caleb and Jenna, who met on Unjected, got married earlier this year. And uh, this is a clip they sent us. So let's check this out. It's a whole 26 second video. Is it not playing? Oh my gosh. Turn it up. Turn it up. It's up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hurry up. Yeah! Woo! 
That's what I'm talking about. That's oh what I'm God. talking about. I knew, like, at the last second, I was like, because I've been having dreams about a boy. And, like, leading up to this, I'm like, maybe, maybe it is a boy. It's a boy. <laughs> That's pretty oh, sweet. Damn. I can't even handle it. It's so <laughs> cute. Ah! Ah! Shelby, how does that make you feel? That <sighs> It makes me feel just... Um, makes me feel like it's, you know, all like all of the ostracization, all those hard, you know, times and all those, um, all that stuff that we went through is all worth it because, you know, when we find each other and we do make that connection and we get to ejaculate, real, yeah, yeah, real love connection, repopulation, I, it just is beyond my wildest dreams. It's exactly what I hope for for people. So when we when had them just, on, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're the the couple yeah. that was on, like the first couple we had on. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. 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 It's just it's so it's so wild that that. Uh, it's just I, I feel like a, like I'm a, like ant, just unofficially <laughs> unofficially proud ant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like this is like happening to my family. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> truly, truly, truly. Well, it's funny, Pete. They actually live like an hour south of here too. Oh no shit. Yeah, they're in Tennessee also. <laughs> like, I actually nice. I went to their wedding and everything. Representing unjected. It was. So it would be cool funny if Scott showed up in like the delivery room and they're like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" He's like, it's me. Guys. You mean they're home birth? It's filming. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, feel, I, br I got the injected swag bags just again. Just like Pete, Pete and the Defiant Band shows up and they yeah. start filming. Yeah. The video. They're like, guys, we really need to keep this area sanitary. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. This is a sterile area. Yeah, bring all the unvaxxed groupies along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Man. Yeah. So, oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. I, I pretty get a kick out of that. Like, that's, it's so wild. So. Anyway, so so Pete, are you guys? What's next, man? What 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 do you guys have on the horizon next? Like, are you still are you still working on songs? You got another album coming up? I know you talked about the tour, but like, or else in terms of just you know the parallel system of music, do you guys have any visions, or are there anything are there other pursuits that you're looking at, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing stuff all the time. I work with a ton of different people, either cool. recording drum tracks or writing songs or, you know, doing mixing, that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm always busy. I have a, a side gig where I do drum loops and things for this company called Splice, where I make sound packs so people can download um, my drum parts and put them in their own songs or use pieces of my sound library and make their own music. Um, so that keeps me busy when I'm at home. And I think for a Defiant, I... I you know, I think everybody's feeling the itch to be creative again and start writing more songs. So I wouldn't be surprised if we were farther into a second album by this summer, um, you know, just because, you know, we we can kind of do it whenever a song pops up, send it over and I throw the drums down, send it over and take things on it. You know, it's a it's a different way of, of making records than it used to be where you had to line up everybody's schedules and be in the same place at the same time. And you know, for me, that's kind of exciting. I, I think the first record that we made really reignited my love for the drums again, which, you know, when everything went to hell for me, I didn't want to play anymore. And it, it took one of my friends to reach out and be like, hey, you're not playing. I'm, I'm going to drive down. You know, he lived in Michigan and just came down and was like, I got this doom rock music. You know, we're going to make a record. And he, he pulled me back onto the drums and pulled me back into like, oh, yeah, I, this is fun. I don't have to hate this because of how my last situation dissolved and so doing the defiant record too of of a lot of the, it was very spontaneous if i would hear a song and just hit record and a lot of what's on the record was just the first thing that that came out for me because it was fun to work that way and not be 
in a stuffy studio with someone breathing down your neck or over your shoulder or being like, oh, that's not the right way or we don't know what we want. It was it was just very much like in the spirit of the song, here's what I think it should be. And and that's how the whole record kind of came together, I think, so quickly because everybody had that attitude about it of, you know, we're flying by the seat of our pants. Let's not overthink this because that really, you know, that that can be a train wreck when you start going, well, what if we did this or what if we did that? It's like, you know, like the song that you played, that's our one ska song on the record. I never played a ska song in my life, but, you know, Dickie's whole band was the ska scene. So he's like, well, we got to have one. And I was like, okay, cool. So that's, I think that's like the second take I did of that song because the first one was just figuring out how to play ska. And then I was like, okay, (laughs) well, here's what, here's what someone who doesn't listen to this kind of music thinks that it sounds like. And that, that was, you know, my approach to that. So I'm excited to see what comes up uh, this year for us. And, you know, I think we're, we're open to anything. I mean, I creatively, I'm always open to anything, you know, somebody needs something done, you know, when, when my situation uh, went south, a lot of people were like, Hey, can you do this? Have you done this before? And so I ended up, you know, doing a theme song for a cartoon or mixing somebody's song or trying to score a short film or, you know, all of these different things, which is just like, well, I've never done that before, but I'll figure it out. And it's been kind of exciting for me to stretch out these muscles that I didn't know that I had because I was kind of in a situation for, you know, a decade and a half where it was like, well, somebody else is going to do all the writing or somebody else is taking charge of this. I just show up when I'm supposed to and, you know, play my script and, and move on. So it was exciting to kind of be back to creating again and realizing why I fell in love with music in the first place. And I was glad to get back there because I know a lot of people um, left the industry entirely. They were just so fed up with everything and so dejected with how it all went down that they just didn't want to play music anymore. And, and yeah. that's sad to me because we need more more artists in the world, yeah. not less. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, if anybody wants to get in, in touch with you, is that uh, Pete? PeteParada.com, right? Yeah, that's Oscar it. Syndrome. There you go. Yep, that's my yeah. studios here. So yeah, hit me up on there. Um, I do drum tracking. I got sound packs on there. You can see videos and other stuff that I've done. And um, yeah, and the Defiant is the DefiantOfficial.com. Cool. And hit us up there. Our um, on the socials. Our Instagram is uh, the Defiant uh, Official, and on Twitter or X, we are the Defiant USA. So, but yeah, that's the band site and yeah, go check out the record. It's available everywhere. We've got really rad lime green vinyl and that, that looks really cool with the artwork. Um, it's, that's uh, awesome. it's, it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Right on. Well, I just got a few more. Uh, I got some chats here. I just wanted to share with you. So uh, sure. we've got a bunch of people in the rumble chat. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We got Amanda says, happy, happy to have you guys back. Thanks Amanda. It was a good little yeah. bit of time off, but we're back in the house. Carlos, the jacket's in the house. Okay, False State Media. Uh, Joey Briggs says, hi, Pete. Oh, hey, Joey. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Okay, my friend Zoe uh, says, the first time I played in a band live, we covered self-esteem. So there you go. Now, Zoe is actually, she texted me, and she was like, you guys should have Pete Parada on the show. He's in Nashville. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know he was in that. Oh, my gosh, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. So thanks to her, she kind of, I'm like, of course we need to have him on. Like, what was I even thinking? So (laughs) it kind of sparked, she was kind of the impetus for me reaching out to you there. So shout out to Zoe. Thanks, Um, Zoe. Yeah, thanks, Zoe. Uh, Let's see. Fall State Media says, fun song. That was right after we played the song, so fun song. Mm -hmm. J Dude Bro says, good to see Dickie again. There you go. 
Uh, Miss Fan says, yes, thank you, Pete, for standing up for individual choice. Um, right on. Yeah, and uh, let's see, the leader of Tanzania. What's up, Andre? Andre says, hey, Scott, it's Andre from Eugene. Yeah, it's my buddy from Eugene. That's cool. Um, and then Ryan, who, uh, big shout out to Ryan, the independent review, says, Pete is the man. Good to see more people that stood up and so on point. As a side question, him being an epic drummer, him being an epic drummer, I would love to know his thoughts on the drummer L. Estepario Siberiano. I don't know. No? I'm not sure. I don't know, yeah. Ryan. Who's that? Estepario <laughs> Siberiano. Estepario. Yeah. Sounds know. like a name chat GPT made up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar either. Very interesting. Very With interesting. a name that hard to pronounce, he's probably amazing. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's mm -hmm. funny. Okay, cool. Awesome. awesome. Uh, Pete, yeah. did you say that one of your one of the band members worked with RFK on a song? Is that what you said? Did yeah, yeah. Dicky did a song with with Bobby um, for the Defeat the Mandates rally there a couple mm. years ago. They what did, it, what they did RFK contribute? Not vocals, I hope. <laughs> no, it was they they redid a Graham Nash song that um, Bobby had kind of altered some of the lyrics um, for the defeat the mandates rally and then dicky found a guy to sing it and kind of produced it gotcha cool. that's awesome that's awesome do you jog pete what's that do you jog i don't only when chased yeah, yeah. only when chased yeah you gotta run sometimes you gotta run yeah, i should that. jog I, I should get you out you look more. like a guy who jogs you look yeah, I, like I drum a lot, trainer. so that that's all my, my exercises. There you go, Zach. You should start drumming, yeah, dude. Yeah. Zach, start drumming, dude. Zach, you I don't think I have any music, musical talent. Not a single ounce of me is talented <laughs> in that domain. Yeah, the yeah. drums are kind of like start somewhere. Exactly, the, the drums are kind of the key that holds it all together. Mm -hmm. So you gotta you gotta have some rhythm. And your neighbors will love you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they <laughs> they want to yeah. hear you work that beat out for a few hours. They hear me. Yeah. They hear me screaming on this podcast, so I'm sure <laughs> they're not completely unfamiliar to sound. Yeah, well, yep. pick it up a notch now. Yeah, screaming explicitives that. He, here's yeah. what I would really actually what I would really love is to for you guys to do a song and then ai alex jones vocals and just have him like that the whole time and just have him scream or just have alex dude alex would probably lay down a track for you he would fucking pass out the way he would scream <laughs> how do you are you dude, he's he's he's, in a long time he's, he's been screaming for 30 years every That's day true. like he's he's he yeah. should yeah. sing for a death metal band yes he totally right. should dude that totally would be should. That would be that would whole. Be nice that'd be hilarious. The person on the board would be like the levels. He's mm -hmm. spiking. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he'd his go voice off. They, they, they would. They'd write something for him. He wouldn't say a single word of it. He'd go off on his own. He's like Alex. Gonna fucking Stick sing the lyrics voice. that I fucking give you. No, 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 no. He would start talking about the globalists immediately. That's it. That's Globalist freestyle. Yep. Exactly. Shoot. <laughs> All right. Well, Pete, man, thank you so much for joining us. It's super cool. Yeah, thanks for you. having me. This is fun. Such a yeah, pleasure. Yeah, such an honor, man. Thank and you. so, like, yeah, all the rest of you guys on Jekta.com, come find us there. Um, we got big things coming in 2024. Just hang tight. And okay. it's gonna be epic. You guys I can't wait to show you all the new the new stuff on the website. And also, yeah, just stay tuned. A lot of cool stuff coming. So uh Zach, where can they find you, dude? At Unfit Statesman on the social media platforms and uh, YouTube and Rumble and Rockfin and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. There you go. Unfit Statesman, guys. The new the new show's launched. It's epic. Go check it out. 
Uh, I'm at libertylinks.io forward slash rebunked. Uh, that's where you find all my projects. And Shelby, where can they find you? Injected.com, Injected Official on the socials, but mostly Injected.com. Yes. Come <laughs> sign up and maybe, who knows, you know, we, 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 we need some more Injected Babies, folks. So That's right. Yes. Repopulation go, go. agenda. Simple yes. yes. Go find your person. So there you go. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.